I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to Sarah, who is one of my favorite types of success stories because she really internalized my advice, and for good reason. It's because she wanted to lose a little bit of weight after she had her child and didn't want to go on a diet, which I love because diets are the worst. So Sarah approached her new health style absolutely with the perfect mindset. So she started making changes slowly. She made some changes to her diet and over the course of a couple of years, didn't really lose any weight, but was feeling a little better. And then she, you know, she realized that she needed to incorporate some exercise into her health style routine. And what I love about Sarah is she just made a decision to do something every day. And for her, that something was a bare minimum of 10 minutes of yoga. And that really is small. I mean, it for somebody, especially somebody who has been dieting and over-exercising and all that, that sounds like almost nothing, like it couldn't possibly do anything. But when Sarah adopts this attitude that I just, you know, it's not about weight loss because obviously 10 minutes of yoga isn't going to create any weight loss. This is about creating a habit. This is about doing something important to make me feel good. This was the keystone change in Sarah's health style that actually got her the results after two years of trying. It's kind of amazing. So there's a lot that you can learn from her story, mainly how, what a big deal mindset is and how if you can find in yourself the ability to stop focusing on weight and start focusing on the habits and the things that matter and on the things that actually make you feel good, that that is when your results finally come. And I know how hard this is for people because I talk to people all the time who struggle with this, who are impatient, who want the results faster. And so, but, but ironically being focused so much on those results is what's undermining their success. And Sarah just takes us through step-by-step what it meant for her to adopt this new lifestyle and her new mindset. And it works. And she loses 15 pounds in six months and hit her goal weight and is completely happy and in awe with herself, basically with how healthy and strong and fit she is now. And it's so inspiring and it, she makes it sound so easy, but I don't want you to think that it is easy. Uh, the mindset shift though is the hardest part. So give it a listen and enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Daria. I look forward to hearing your story. You have had a success in your life, and and I'm excited to hear about it because it sounds like you got stuck in a plateau of sorts and were able able to overcome that. And I know that's a very common problem that people encounter. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, where you started and and what what changed. If I start from the beginning and kind of work my way through to how I got to this point and then um, 
you know, we can maybe dig into the the pieces that might be relevant for for others that are listening. Um, so I I have always um, had a good handle on sort of my body image and my weight, and it was something that I never really had to spend too much time thinking about when I was going through my teenage years and even through my early twenties. And as I got older and met partners and settled down and and spent more time sort of cooking together and eating together and sort of sharing meals and eating larger portions than I would have when I was single. And I just slowly over time put on weight until I woke up one day and I was carrying maybe 10 or to 14 pounds more than I was comfortable with. And I kind of started to plateau at that level instead of it being a blip, it became the norm. And I started to kind of blip above that. And mm. um, I just went over, I like, went through a number of years where like my default was a, a large amount, or well, for me, a, a good amount heavier or bigger than I wanted to be. I think that's really common. I think that, you know, while many, obviously many listeners of this podcast and readers of Summer Tomato are chronic dieters, I think generally in in this day and age with industrial food, that's kind of, it's more common that weight just sort of creeps up on you where, you know, you don't sort of notice what's going on. And the next thing you know, it's been a few years and you look down and you're like, what, what, where'd this come from? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. And I really hated the idea of going on a diet because in the house that I grew up in, my mom was so good about feeding us healthy food and she was into like juicing and um, healthy eating and whole food and like preparing things from scratch way be- before it became fashionable to do that. You're so lucky. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I'm very, very lucky. Um, my my um, sister used to joke, or well, now they joke that my um, sister used to complain that my mom would squeeze her fresh orange juice in the morning instead of getting it from a carton because that's how her friends got it. Whereas now we look back <laughs> and realize like, how lucky we were to get, you know, freshly squeezed orange juice. Mom, it's so unfair. (laughs) This is so old fashioned. Can't we just get Tropicana? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. So, yeah, I was, um, I hated the idea of dieting, which is why Foodist really resonated with me because you, when you start to think about losing weight, the only options available to you are all of these different crazy diets out there and none of them resonated with me none of them made sense and as soon as I came across foodist I was like yes this is it it's just like a healthy attitude to food and incorporating healthy food lifestyle and habit and um just a health style into your overall lifestyle which mm-hmm. that's why it, I enjoyed it so much and enjoyed reading all your blogs and articles and so on awesome yeah that's where I, I came from so I I was carrying this weight unwilling and not wanting to think about incorporating diet into my lifestyle and maybe half attempting it a couple of times and not being particularly successful. I'm playing with a few things like going sugar-free for a while and going paleo for a while, but they were all pretty dramatic changes to what was normal for me uh, and what felt natural. Mm-hmm. And so I was never able to stick with them for extended periods of time or time where the weight would stay off consistently or even that I would lose enough that I was genuinely happy with mm-hmm. um, my weight, the level that it was. Um, so then 
it just through through reading your blogs and I bought your book and started thinking about how I could just look at my existing lifestyle and fit healthy habits into that lifestyle. And really it comes down to what Michael Palin says about um, eat less and move more and mostly plants. I'm, I'm completely paraphrasing there. It's like the simplest phrase ever, but it's not. It's um, from In Defense of Food. He says, uh, eat food, not too much, mostly plants or something like that. Yes, exactly. And and then also move more. So I had, like over a period of time, I had worked on uh, reducing the amount of food that I was eating, just allowing myself to go hungry every so often and to feel hunger. And it's not in any way starving myself, but just not snacking between meals and mm-hmm. waiting until I was hungry to eat. And then I started introducing things like time-restricted eating, where I would eat my last meal earlier in the evening and then not eat again until a little bit later in the morning. So I was just leaving 12 hours between my last meal at night and my next meal in the morning. So introducing fasting a little bit and incorporating exercise into my lifestyle. And that exercise was literally committing to at least 10 minutes of yoga a day. Hmm. And so there were some days where I would just do 10 minutes of relaxing yoga before bedtime. But just that mindset of every day I'm going to do yoga meant that some days I would do my 10 minutes before bed and some days I would do a 40 minute, um, you know, reasonably intensive workout. Uh, But it was always enjoyable and something that I looked forward to doing and was an exciting part of my day as opposed to being a chore, which it had always been before. I love that. And you think that reframing as just something that you do, doesn't matter how much, it does, it always counts. Yes. And it wasn't even that I was doing it for weight loss. It's like I was doing it for, you know, just relaxing before bed. And it was just, I was doing it every day. It didn't matter what. It could be for like waking up in the morning. It could be for getting me motivated during the day. It could be for helping me sleep at night. I've got so many different benefits from it that just committing to doing it every day regardless was the thing that really made the big difference. Interesting. I'm curious how you settled on that as a decision. Well, I have always struggled with incorporating exercise into my lifestyle, regular exercise. And I always knew the value of it. I knew how important it was. I knew I felt better when I did it, but I just could not make it a part of everyday routine or even three times a week routine. Okay. And I just, I never really settled on an exercise, like an exercise routine that I enjoyed and was easy to do. Cause that's something that was critical to allow me to incorporate okay. it into my everyday, okay. that it was something that I enjoyed and it was easy to do. And so being a mother of a young child, it's very difficult to commit to, commit to a class. I also work and travel a lot. So having a regular class was just impossible and missing classes introduced guilt and you know paying for something that you're not using and then everything else that you do from home is just kind of boring I never really enjoyed running and even like I enjoy walking but I never really I couldn't do it enough where it would be good exercise and a good workout and then I stumbled on yoga I stumbled on like an online yoga class and I just always really enjoyed it. Just for me, it was very soothing and very relaxing. And it's a really good way to stretch out your body and to manipulate your body into the sort of natural relaxing poses that your body was originally designed to be able to do. And instead of 
setting myself a hard target, which again, I have tried to do in the past and then overdone it and failed. I just said, okay, well, if I just do it every day, if I at least do 10 minutes every day, and I have a little post-it on my wall that says exercise every day. And hmm. um, that's just, it, that was easy to do. And setting such a low target for myself made it even easier to accomplish. I love this so much. This is brilliant. So you realize that having an exercise habit was critical, non-negotiable, but you also recognize that you'd never succeeded at creating it in the past. And it sounds like you did a little bit of self-analysis to realize that one of the reasons for that was that the things you had tried were too hard or too much of a commitment or the things you didn't enjoy. And so you just scratched all those things off the list. Yeah. And you were left with yoga and 10 minutes is, yeah, sort of like a, a minimal effective dose or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and even I actually like that your definition of effective was I'll relax a little bit before bed. You know, it wasn't necessarily I'm going to be shredded in two months or whatever because I've been exactly. crushing it on the yoga mat. But you chose something completely doable. And by the way, people out there, I did the same thing when I first started really getting into fitness. So I I was, you know, as everyone who's read Summer Tomato knows, I was a crazy dieter for most of my life from the age of 11. And but before that, before I got to college, I was a ballerina. And so while I was very active, it was all associated with these classes that I was taking five days a week, six days a week. So I didn't and I loved and I loved ballet. So it wasn't it was it wasn't difficult. But once I quit ballet and moved to, to Berkeley to go to college and I wasn't dancing anymore, my my exercise habit fell fell apart and I quickly gained, gosh, 25, 30, 40 <laughs> pounds, something like that. And uh and you know, for a couple of years it was it was brutal. And I would, yeah, same as, same as you, I'd try to go to the campus gym and I hated it. And I would try to do certain things like I had friends that would like hike and I had friends that, and I would, I would just try to do all these things and I hated all of it. And then one day I just like, somebody told me they went jogging every day. And I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I hated jogging. My least favorite thing in the world was running a mile in elementary school. Like I hated, 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 hated. And, um, but I, you know, it just sounded so easy. You know, it's like, well, all you need is some sneakers and a sidewalk. And I live in California. It's pretty much nice all year. So, but that went, but what I, but I also knew that I hated running. And so I just decided that I was just going to jog until I hated it. And then I was going to go home. And literally the first day I ran maybe three blocks and turned around and ran home. And that is how it started. And from there, I ran three marathons. And I don't run marathons anymore, (laughs) but that, you know, once you've run a marathon, you're a fit person. (laughs) Yeah, actually long before you run a marathon, you're a fit person. But, you know, by then I, the reason I ran three marathons and not just one is because I did love the, the feeling of exercise by that point. And and once you get over that hump, it's easy to to keep, to maintain your head. But once you realize that you feel like hell, if you don't exercise, sticking with it's not a problem, but that beginning stage when you're still not in that great of shape and you still don't know what you really like and exercise still feels like a chore because it's something that's not already a habit in your life, the single most important thing is picking something small enough that you can easily and happily commit to it. 
Yes. And I mean, I want to be clear that I didn't lose weight from doing 10 minutes of relaxing yoga before bed every day. What the habit <laughs> did, what the habit did was keep me going through the lulls in motivation. Exactly. And so, and then it, it kind of built up this feeling of reward where I would feel really good about myself for consistently doing it over a period of time. And then I, I did like a 30 day yoga thing where I did like pretty intensive yoga every day for 30 and day for 30 days. And, um, you know, I've done that a few times over the last year. And I think it was just recognizing that like losing weight and getting to the shape that I want isn't like a target or a goal that I, I reach and then I'm done. It's introducing these healthy habits and lifestyle changes, which are going to be with me for the rest of my life and help me. It, it actually, the most freeing thing about it was that it didn't become about the weight anymore. I mean, I, I'm at, once I hit my target weight, it's like I completely forgot about that. And it became more about like feeling strong and mm-hmm. um, being more aware of my body and how it moves and what it's capable of. And, and I like having muscles that I've never had before and definition. And so we be, like I, I kind of lost that like previously I've had this obsession with the number on the scales and then it became more about like the habit and the, the feeling of health and vitality that I had from like having this really integral part of my life 100% and that is how it sticks when you make that mind sh- mindset shift from I need to do this so that I lose weight to I need to do this because if I don't do this, I'm like not a happy person. (laughs) And this is, this is how I feel good about myself every single day and give myself energy and motivation and confidence. You're right. That is 100% the shift that needs to happen. And, you know, and I, and I love that you pointed out that you, that's the shift that needs to happen at the beginning. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily happen later, although it gets easier later when you, as you get more fit, but I like what you pointed out because Absolutely. 10 minutes of yoga is not going to make you lose weight. Like that burns 10 calories. You know, it's not about that. And my like five minute jog, half mile jog, whatever I did that first day, quarter mile, maybe it, it, it wasn't about weight loss that day. But what's critical is that it actually, even though when you think of it in terms of weight loss, that amount of exercise feels like not enough because it's true right? It's not enough to lose weight. (laughs) You're not going to, you're not burning off anything. That is not the point because you do gain fitness. Even though it's small, you do gain fitness by doing it every single day. Even if it's a super small amount, your whatever in yoga, it's your, your muscles get stronger, your wrists get stronger, your core gets stronger in really subtle ways. And it's not super fast, you know, and, and in running, the reason I hated it, I now know, is because I, ha- I just wasn't in good cardio fi- cardiovascular fitness shape. And even though I was in terrible shape, but be- probably because I was in terrible shape, running 10 minutes actually mattered. <laughs> that was actually something. And there's been studies about this. Just standing up an extra 30 minutes a day, standing up, not, you know, not even, you know, for somebody who's very sedentary, that makes a difference. That makes a difference in your fitness level. So when you're when you recognize that your goal is the habit because you can always build on it you can always get up to the point where the exercise burns actually a significant amount of calories and that that happens eventually but the most important part is building the habit something you can do and something you you can enjoy and you can be confident it's doing something if you're doing it every day 
And what I loved about yoga as well is that you're, it, it cultivates this mindfulness about your body. So you start to recognize, mm. like you're even just sitting cross-legged with, like with your back straight. When I started doing it, I could feel my muscles straining after just a couple of minutes of mm. sitting up straight. And it didn't take long to start noticing like, oh, my back doesn't hurt as much this evening as I'm sitting for my five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And so you're constantly getting this positive reinforcement that your body is slowly but surely getting stronger. And, you know, you're doing your stretches and suddenly your head is slightly closer to your knee than it was the day before. And you can push yourself down into downward dog that little bit easier. And just every day you can see these incremental improvements. So because you're constantly measuring against your own performance, you get a lot of positive reinforcement that encourages you to keep going like, oh, I want to be able to sit up for 10 minutes tomorrow. Like it just makes you want to push yourself and in a very healthy, um, like in tune with your body kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that's what I meant with the I mean, yeah, yoga is specifically excellent at teaching you body awareness. But yeah, anytime, anything that you're doing all the time is going to improve your fitness. It's just that's how it is. So that's mm -hmm. that's wonderful. That's great. So you started 10 minutes a day of yoga. And how long was it like, how long did this timeline last? Like, how long was it only 10 minutes a day? And when did you feel like you started upping the ante a little bit? And so it was, I started 10 minutes a day in, say, November last year. Um, and I would say I've been conscious of wanting to lose weight for, well, since I'd had my daughter. So I'd had my daughter uh, three years ago, and I gave myself, you know, a nice six to 12 month window where I just, you know, met breastfeeding mothers for coffee and cake. And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, I can't eat cake every day. I need to do something about this. So then I started thinking, okay, how am I going to lose weight? And so that was going on for two years before, you know, gradually introducing different changes and starting to eat more healthfully and starting to reduce the amount that I was eating. And I guess I got to the point where I had stabilized my weight, but I was still a good 12 to 14 pounds heavier than I would want, than I wanted to be. So you stopped gaining weight, is that... I stopped gaining weight. Okay, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And by the way, that's progress, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gaining weight all the time, then stopping it is step one. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was so slow. Like it's imperceptible. Right. You don't, because, because again, because I don't like to diet, I don't generally, I don't have scales in the house. And so I don't, I check it every so often when I'm at my parents' house or, and so like every time it was like up by a couple of pounds, but you're consistently going up by a couple of pounds every six months. Then over time, it really adds up. Yeah. Over two years of introducing various different things, um, like focusing on just eating three healthy meals a day, the time restricted eating and um, the kind of eating, reducing meat out of my diet and eating more whole foods. And then I introduced the exercise habit in November last year, and that, yeah, so it was at least 10 minutes of yoga before bed. That was kind of like my, if I get to the end of the day and I haven't done anything, that's what I do. So it was more like exercise every day. It's probably going to be yoga. And if I get to the end of the day without having done anything, then it's 10 minutes before bed. So that was probably, Got it. that was more the mindset that I had rather than I'll commit to 10 minutes before bed every day. So ideally I would do it first thing in the morning, 
failing that I would do like 20 30 minutes at lunchtime failing that I would do my 10 minutes before bed and then in January um my yoga instructor introduced uh like 30 days of yoga um project and so I followed along with that and that was like a pretty intensive workout like I could feel every day as I was starting my next routine that like I could feel the sort of muscles aching and stuff from the day before and it was I think after that it, I really like I started to notice a really big difference and suddenly I was burning a lot of fat I was hmm. the weight just started to literally drop off and then it stabilized in and around my target weight and I was I continued to lose fat and started to build muscle so it's like this kind of turnaround time where mm-hmm. like I built the habit, I had the intensive period of exercise. And then after that, the fat burning, weight loss, muscle gain, just, it was like the train started moving, the flywheel started spinning or whatever. And then it just became a lot easier. Yeah. One thing people don't realize, I think when people think of their metabolism, they think it's sort of this vague, mysterious box that they have or don't have or whatever, but your metabolism lives in your muscles. Like that's where energy burning happens. And when you start building muscles, they turn into furnaces. So that's really cool that, uh, you, you felt that. So immediately I wanted to ask you, so you started your practice in November and it was January where you, where you signed up for this program. Was that, Mm -hmm intimidating or scary for you or did you feel ready for that or or was that an easy decision like it just came up and you're like okay why not it it was relatively easy to do so I didn't think about it being say an enormous challenge because I'd already committed to doing yoga every day I was like this isn't going to be hard because I'm already doing yoga every day this Hmm. is just going to be slightly more intensive yoga every day um so I and then also sometimes it's best not to think about you know exactly what you're you're diving into you know I suppose feet first just like I can do it today and I kind of I you know I always gave myself the out like if I'm really struggling I can take a break one day and the program that I followed was great like every you know five or six days there would be a relaxing yoga session where you were still doing something you were still moving for 20-30 minutes but it was a lot less intense I love that and um that's how I feel about my Pilates days like normally yeah. I go to the gym and I'm like crushing the bench press and stuff. But once a week I do either Pilates or gyrotonics and it's just like stretching. And I mean, it's still a workout, but it's nice to have that break. Yeah. 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 You'd, you'd recognize the days where it was going to be easy because like the yoga instructor would have like comfortable clothes on, like, tra- <laughs> like baggy pants and like a baggy shirt. And you're like, oh my goodness. Ooh, that's a relaxing day today. But yeah, I, I just find not overthinking it. Just see how you feel every day. And just, just, just start. And then like, you can always give yourself the out, but usually once you start, then once I started, I could always finish it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another one of my secrets, my rules that I've written about. I think I have a post, I'll link it in the show notes called you never regret a workout, <laughs> something like that. It's like, <laughs> it's the hardest part is just deciding to do it. Like once you're there, sure. You can tell yourself you can always bounce or whatever, bow out early or whatever. But usually you like some, sometimes those days are my best days, you know, my yeah. best workouts. Cause I just, you know, I, I'm not in the mood usually actually often it's like emotional, you know, I'm grumpy or I've been busy and I don't really want to go. And then I get there and once I get my body pumping and my blood moving and I'm like, Oh, this is what I needed. This is amazing. And I'll have a really fantastic session. 
Yeah. And you're super proud of yourself for actually getting up and doing it. Yeah. So you work even harder because you're like, I'm such a badass that I managed to get out of bed. <laughs> I'm here. I'm like smashing like, it. I'm that person with willpower right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> Fantastic. So you went in, I just, you have a brilliant mindset. I hope that anyone listening is taking notes. If exercise is hard for you, listen to the way Sarah is talking about her mindset, because there's zero pressure on you to do anything. Yeah. I, the key, you have to rig the game so you can win. Like set yourself the lowest minimal bar to do something. I, I That was really the key to my success. Like just so long as I did something and actually doing something every day meant that like I built that habit into my daily routine and I started to feel the benefits because you will feel the benefits. You just have to start. Right. And I cannot tell you how much resistance people have to this idea. I mean, I talk to people about this all the time and they're like, yeah, but that doesn't count. That's not going to do anything. Or how's that going to overcome my binges or whatever? It's like, that's none of that. None of that is the point. (laughs) Yeah. Those are all questions that might have answers, but that's not what we're talking about. And that's not how you make progress. So it doesn't matter. The way you make progress is to do it every day and build that habit. I think you talk about, is it a home court habit where it's like your anchor habit for, and then everything else kind of flows out from that? Yes. Yes. So that daily yoga, that was my home court habit where once I did that every day, I felt so good about myself after building up like a streak of achieving that, that, you know, I, I carried this positive energy into the rest of my day. So then other things that I struggled with, like um, eating unhealthy food when I was tired or um, like eating out instead of eating the meal that I had prepared or making bad choices when I was in restaurants, that all became easier because I felt so proud of myself for having finally cracked this exercise habit, which I had struggled with for so long. Mm, so it built up your confidence in your ability to do even other things. Yes, exactly. Like I, I felt so proud of myself for that. I didn't want to undermine it by like, you know, sabotaging myself in another area. So this is fascinating. So I think, I think what you were referring to earlier is the keystone habit concept. The keystone habit. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. in a Charles Duhigg's book, the power of habit. And the idea is, yeah, once you, there are certain habits that are almost contagious that filter into like, once you start one good thing, it, it has a domino effect in other parts of your life. And it's really interesting. I I think it's worth pointing out that oftentimes when people start an exercise habit for weight loss, it becomes an excuse, actually the opposite of what you've described. It becomes an excuse to eat more or do bad things, you know, when it's like all about moralizing and counting calories and, you know, playing the numbers game, then it can actually undermine your motivation to eat well or do that. But the way you've framed it is I'm capable, I'm confident, I'm doing, you know, I gave myself this task and yeah, it it felt small when I, when I committed to it, but having done it for a couple months in a row, you start to feel really darn good about yourself. And you actually want to keep that feeling rolling. And so for you, it became a positive loop where you started doing even more things. That's really, really cool and really different from what I often hear when people are forcing themselves to exercise to justify 
their eating habits. Yes. And I have, so I have, tr- I've tried various things. Like I tried my fitness pal and stuff, which I mean, it's, it's good in one way, but then it also, you end up getting into this mindset where like you go for a run and you log your run and you're super proud of yourself. And then you're like, Oh, now I can have a Mars bar. <laughs> like, you're, yeah. like you totally, like you balance out your, your positive, like calorie burning exercise with like some binge eating thing. Right. And that's it exactly. And I thought I got so much out of like reading your blogs and stuff, even though you like help people with weight loss and you encourage people in a very healthy way. It's not about weight loss. It's about a healthy lifestyle. So when I started my exercise habit, it wasn't to lose weight. It was like I had internalized that it was sort of the, the eating and the amount of food that I was consuming, whatever it was. I just thought I need a healthy exercise habit for my mental wellness for my physical wellness. And so I almost detached it from weight loss because, you know, reading stuff about how weight loss is like, you know, 70% food and 30% exercise or something like that. And exactly like you said, seeing friends who would go on a, you know, on a big run and then they would eat a massive meal and have beers and cheese and all this really fatty food. see them clearly not losing weight and just even though I didn't fully understand the science behind it recognizing that it just wasn't an effective way to try and lose weight so yeah it was entirely for my health style as opposed to with the purpose of losing weight just losing weight as a result of it was a happy consequence I love that and by the way everybody needs a weight uh, exercise habit Mm. there's no one on earth that shouldn't be active. It's the single most important thing you can do for your health. So yeah, I don't care how much you weigh. (laughs) I I really don't care how much you weigh. If you don't exercise regularly, you're messing up. You need to be exercising regularly because it just for the future, for your (laughs) mental clarity, for your family, for your kids, for your strength, like we all have things that happen to us, right? Like we, you know, I, like, again, I don't care what you weigh, but you might get sick. You might have to drag something up a flight of stairs. You you might have to do anything. Most of us sit all day and you're like, if, if you're not strong, if if like all the muscles in your body aren't being challenged at some point, you're going to decay. You know, you're you're gonna start to be weak, and then you are vulnerable. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to illness. You're vulnerable to injury. You're vulnerable to all sorts of things, and that stuff catches up with you as you get older. You know, it's funny. I, I of all the things, I'm now eight and a half months pregnant. Everyone, oh my god, <laughs> um, and I have to say, of all the things that I've done to be healthy, by far, I appreciate the most that I'm fit that I am strong because as my body's changing, I can tell how horrible it would be if I wasn't strong enough to handle this, you know, mm-hmm. the, all the cha- all the center of gravity changing in my body. And, you know, and I just, I don't have any problems. I don't have swollen feet. I don't have heartburn. I don't have like any of those things. And the one, and the one thing I keep going back to that makes me feel the best is exercise. So like no one's off the hook here. <laughs> like yeah. I don't, I don't care what you know what your reasons are. You need to find a way to be active, and it doesn't like like. And I and I love your story because you show that 
It doesn't have to be about weight loss. In fact, it shouldn't. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's really just going to help you. And so your job, you just figure out a way to fit it into your day. Even if it's just 10 minutes of yoga before bed. I, when I, I started yoga, where I internalized the benefits of yoga was when I was pregnant. And I oh, really? started, I, yeah, I started after my third trimester, I started a regular exercise class and it was, it was totally for, you know, so, something to de-stress from work. And just like, it was my like hour to, or hour and a half to myself every week where I was just with other pregnant moms and I could just be pregnant because I'm, I'm a salesperson. I'm pretty, like in a very male dominated environment in an engineering environment. And so all day, every day, I'm like, I flooded with all these like female hormones and projecting <laughs> a, a very like professional, like, you know, countering all these, this male energy. So this is like just my chance to revel in femininity. And so I, I really was not doing it for strength or anything. But like you, like I was strong right up until the end of my pregnancy I was doing squats and like the goddess pose and I was using all that visualization when I was in the labor ward and, and when I like had my daughter and I lost all the water weight that you carry when you're pregnant my legs were the most toned that they had ever been because I was <laughs> squatting carrying like three extra stone or whatever I was carrying <laughs> and so like I knew how strong I was and then like also when, uh, when you've had a baby like you, you, you so much is expected of your body and you know, you're going through like this, like massive physical transformation and like delivering life into the world. You, you get mm -hmm. very primal. And <laughs> I don't know, it just it felt amazing to be capable of doing that. And then also, um, my yoga instructor said that the, in the hospital, they always comment on the yoga babies because mm -hmm. the yoga babies like their muscle tone is just so much better than like, <laughs> all the other babies that come out all floppy. So like, your exercise <laughs> habit is actually exercising your baby as well. It's like massaging the baby in the womb. So it's good for everybody. I think about that. I, I wonder about that. That's so cool. Good job. I, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hit a personal best on the Peloton, uh, my, my exercise spike on a 45 minute ride the other day. And I was like, I'm eight months pregnant. Like that's pretty good. And I'm, yeah, I'm still doing kettlebell swings and deadlifts and people look at me at the gym. Like I'm some sort of like crazy person. Cause I'm just, yeah. I'm not small by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm just, you know, just like pushing these like big beefy dudes out of the way. I'm like, are you using the bench press? Cause if you're not, could you please move? So, yeah. and, and it feels great. It really does. And, and it is, yeah. it's probably my favorite absolute thing that I'm continue to do besides eating fruit. I eat lots of fruit. <laughs> well, I am so happy for you. So it's been not even a year. And actually the, the weight loss itself was only six months. And I'm, I'm not even saying that to exaggerate. That was like a good two years of trying different things, nothing working, not shifting at all. And then six months of that regular exercise habit and a few periods of more intensive exercise, but certainly nothing that would push your average. I, I mean, somebody who's pretty much been like 80% sedentary for her whole life. And so six months, regular exercise, a few bursts of um, like more focus. And that's when all the weight, the weight dropped off. And so since then, it's just been you know, building muscle tone and um, just feeling stronger in my body and just, yeah, you're just continuous positive reinforcement. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and you said you 
I'm I'm extrapolating a little bit, but earlier you said you thought you were 10 to 14 pounds overweight. So I'm assuming that's how much you lost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even I know you don't weigh yourself very often, but. I had been 144 pounds and that, yeah, so that was 10 to 14 pounds more than my target weight was. So I just had an arbitrary, well, I say arbitrary. So when I was in my sort of early to mid twenties, I weighed roughly 130 pounds. So that to me was where I was supposed to be. Like when I was at my healthiest, I always felt like that's where mm-hmm. I felt the strongest. I, I kind of was ha- the happiest in my body image and so on. So 126 to 130 pounds was my target. Yeah. So that's where I, I am now. And I'm pretty much, I'm consistently at the 126 or even a couple of pounds below any, like, so I periodically weigh myself, like maybe I may do it a little bit more now because I'm really proud of myself. So it's kind of <laughs> nice to stand up there and go, yeah, I, <laughs> I did it. But it, it genuinely became less about the number and more about just the, like, seeing my legs get more toned and seeing muscles in my arms and just like feeling stronger. I can get to pick up my daughter and like throw her about. I can even throw my daughter about. She's pretty <laughs> solid. So uh, That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's actually another good point as well that it, that's worth reflecting on for a moment. The, when your goal is just weight loss, you're, you're so missing the point. I, um, as somebody who dieted a lot and did a lot of different things, I've weighed the range I've weighed <laughs> is really staggering. And when I was really, 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 really skinny, I didn't look as good. I, I'm not gonna say as I do now, but you know, before before I was pregnant <laughs> at 37, because I didn't have the the balance and the muscle tone. I mean, nothing makes you. I mean, when you think about weight, that's just arbitrary. What you really want to do is look good, right? And nothing yeah. makes you look better than muscles. I mean, it just looks so good. You know, you get all firm and toned. And I know people, as especially women, worry about being like too muscly. You won't get too muscly. <laughs> it's yeah. I was I was afraid of that too for years, and I avoided strength training for years because of that. Nothing transformed the way I looked more than strength training so yeah and and it is it's it's its own reward and then you it's and then it makes it really easy to not care what you weigh because who cares what you weigh when you look amazing yes yes exactly um the the number becomes like yeah you're you're totally proud of yourself for hitting the number but at the same time you don't care about the number because you get so many other rewards from it and yeah I, i people get in their head this image of like um like women in weightlifting competition and stuff and like the you know on stage covered in like bronzer and oil like yeah super muscly but like I mean, you're never going to get to that point if you're just like have a consistent weight training habit I yeah, don't think yeah. any of us are in any yoga girls don't look like that no. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's amazing so you're toned you accidentally hit your goal weight without trying <laughs> and um and you're healthy and you feel strong and you can chuck your daughter yeah. across the room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know what's better than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to add for anyone listening that wants to emulate your success? 
Yeah, I think, um, th- I mean, the other, so the exercise was super important, but another really critical one was the uh, time-restricted eating or the intermittent fasting. And that was another one that I had, I had these ideas of, you know, you hear about these diets where you eat well, like normally for five days and then you starve yourself for two days. And so I had always just been anti the concept, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know, I just started to really I, I again I went I did your mindful eating um exercise and just became more conscious of the food I was putting in my body mm-hmm. and I think the mindfulness through yoga and that mindful eating exercise just made me start thinking and recognizing that uh, you know you just mindlessly put food into your body because you're you know you start to become aware of like all these advertisements around snack food and like there's this fear about being hungry for a microsecond like god forbid that you don't have a snack on hand to make sure that you don't feel any hint of hunger and so actually just becoming comfortable with being a little bit hungry between meals and you know leaving 12 hours between the last meal in the evening and the next the next meal time I ate the next morning and not immediately rushing to some kind of snack healthy or otherwise whenever I felt a pang of hunger and just going "Hmm, if I just pause for a second maybe if I just drink some water I'll actually be okay here so it was just becoming comfortable with the idea of hunger and I, I really think people have just forgotten that ability to or are so fearful of feeling that for you know any longer than a few minutes um so that that was a big change for me as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I want to just take a second to clarify the difference between being hungry because you're starving yourself because you're trying not to eat carbs or whatever, and the natural hunger pains that it pangs that come between meals when, you know, it's not like you're starving yourself, but I mean, come on, you have lunch in 20 minutes, you can make it sort of situation. So there's actually a significant amount of very solid science that says that your your body is expect expects to be hungry. Your body expects to eat a meal, digest it, sort of go back and like do its metabolic thing and then get food again later. And you're right, those those stretches at night especially of fasting about 12 hours and that's easy that's you know you go, you eat dinner you're done by eight you have breakfast at eight it's not that hard you're asleep the whole time <laughs> so but that is actually critical and there's a bunch of science that suggests that your body needs that period to clean out there's um autophagy where it your body goes through and and starts clearing out like diseased and and unhealthy cells and can even purge cancer cells and things like that. So it's not just this isn't about vanity. Like this is about sort of working with your body's natural rhythms and being more in tune with what's going on. Like, yeah, you're not going to starve like going from breakfast to lunch without a snack. I mean, if you are starving, take a look at your breakfast before introducing more snacks. You know, it doesn't, I mean, it's totally possible to be healthy and snack. I'm not saying that you should never snack. I snack after workouts because I've just worked out. And also there's degrees of hunger too. There's like, I'm kind of hungry and then I'm absolutely famished and I'm going to eat everything in front of me because I've gone way too long without food. And that's a different thing. And, and, and I don't think you should do that. But if you put yourself on a schedule where you're eating, eating in the morning, 
eating sometime in the afternoon. Maybe you have a little snack in the afternoon, but then and you have dinner and then you take that time off. Your body gets used to that and you stop even wanting snacks in between. So yeah, that's a really good point. And it's a little subtle and it can be a difficult thing to play with if, if, if you're somebody who has dieted a lot and can't tell the difference yet between healthy, hungry and unhealthy, hungry, I guess. I don't know. I don't have words for these, for this phenomenon, but, but something like that. But, and it can be scary if you haven't, if you don't know the difference and you haven't experienced that. And, and for many people, the first goal should just be to not be hungry all the time. If you're the type of person who's been sort of starving yourself for years, you should try to not be hungry at first. But yeah, if it, but we do have this culture of perpetual snacking that it's definitely not good. It's, it's not, it's not the goal. So, but a lot of people think it is for some reason. Yeah. It's like one extreme or the other, yeah. like even when you're prepared, like if you go through like a health, like an eating plan, there's always like your breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you eat enough at lunch and dinner and then you're, really shouldn't eat a snack between meals um, or like however many number like whatever number of meals you choose to, to yeah. eat in a given day but um yeah yeah i think um so then i also so i balance that with kind of like eating healthy like 90 percent of the time mm-hmm. and not beating myself up if i i'm not even factoring in an amount of it, the, the foods that i enjoy so like having a croissant maybe one morning a week for breakfast. And mm. um, when I was eating out, I would restrict myself on what I was ordering because I knew that I was eating healthily and mindfully 90% of the time. So when the situation arose where I could, you know, where I was in a social situation or out for dinner, or I just was having a movie night or, you know, making Rice crispy cakes with my daughter, it didn't matter. Right. You know, I kind of built in that, allowing myself those yeah I, I don't want to call them treats because you know I, I I completely agree with I read one of your articles where you talked about like this mindset where like unhealthy food becomes like the treat that you allow yourself when you're not you know when you're not eating healthily and like healthy eating becomes this thing that you're punishing yourself yeah the, with, the, the like, food moralizing yes yeah oh my god I just enjoyed that article so much <laughs> because it, even though I felt like I had a reasonably healthy attitude to food I was totally doing that I was like oh I'm allowed this because I've had such a busy day like I'm totally allowed this cake um so yeah I was shifting that mindset but mm-hmm. still building some leeway and forgiveness of myself into yeah. the routine yeah and that's yeah that's exactly that's awesome you you build in you expect there to be special occasions in your life because mm. duh, <laughs> like those happen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, we have birthdays and we have events and life is too short to be grumpy about food all the time. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, okay. So you, and you came to peace with that. The fact that you eat healthy most of the time. And so when it comes up that you have something sweet or something a little indulgent, it's fine. Yes. Yeah. And I, th- I think before it was like the, the number of days where I ate to excess was outweighing the days where I was eating healthy. And so now I feel like I have the balance right where the vast majority of the time I'm eating the way that I want to, that's like consistent with like the energy levels that I want to maintain, you know, good performance in my job and like presence with my family. And so, yeah, that, that like eating for performance as opposed to eating for 
you know, it constantly being about like, you know, what's the optimal number of like food, like the optimal food composition of this meal. It's more about like what food helps me perform best. Like how, when am I at my most mental alert? When am I more capable of being present with grace and not in such like, not quick to respond or um, more inclined to be emotional or, you know, you start to monitor those kinds of factors as opposed to, um, what the protein and carbohydrate content of your meal is, which is a lot more fun to do. Right. You're talking about the difference between intrinsic rewards and motivators and extrinsic rewards and motivators. Mm. Uh, You know, things that you actually can tangibly feel like your energy and your presence and your emotions that are affected by food versus what you're supposed to be doing, according to some article you read in the New York Times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, I love to stay motivated about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially when it changes every day. Um, yeah. And I like what you said about how before you were, the balance was off that you were eating, more, you had more days where you're unhealthy. It's so ironic that when you're trying harder, somehow that happens. Like yeah. when, when you feel like you need to put more restrictions and more rules on what you're eating, the more it happens that you break and do the wrong thing in the day versus when you just say, I'm just going to have the cookies tonight because it's movie night with my kids and this is what we do. And I'm just going to be okay with that because I ate great all week and I did my yoga. And then somehow those events just turn into way less. Each event is less bad in the sense that you can have one cookie as opposed to six or whatever. And, and you start to be become, more cognizant of what actually is a special occasion, you know, cause sometimes it's a special occasion and the food's not actually that good <laughs> or sometimes the food's yes. amazing and it's not a special occasion, but you're going to eat it anyway. And being able to, you know, when, when, you, when it's not about the outside judgment and what you should and shouldn't be doing when you're just deciding, do I want this or not? Is this worth it or not? Is this, I want to live my life or not? It's, it just gets so much easier. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the I, I, so uh, I briefly mentioned your mindful eating exercise that it really helped me in that regard as well, because you, when you're then eating your treats, you're you actually enjoy them more and then you don't need as much because you're savoring them as you're eating them. Yeah, there's no such thing as a mindful binge. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, like you say, you have one cookie, but you really enjoy that cookie like way more than the 10 cookies that you then berate yourself about for days afterwards. And you probably picked a good cookie. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody. Yeah. And you can say, you can say no to the bad cookie. You like, you try the bad cookie. You're like, this is really not worth it. I'm just going to put this down. I can get away with only having one bite. Whereas before I'd be like, well, it's not great, but I'm still going to eat it. Right. Because I haven't had sugar in seven days and I'm stressed out and there's zero willpower here and sugar. (laughs) yeah awesome well it's so good to hear about your success i mean it sounds like everything just clicked into place for you just one after another with your yoga and then the mindfulness and it just all started working that's so cool yeah yeah it did and it felt really good for it to do that without having to feel like it was a really hard battle mm-hmm. to accomplish like I, I think that it, it was so easy that it just very naturally integrated into my life so it, it's not been in the least bit a chore to maintain or felt at any point like it was hard work 
Right. It's just totally ebbed and flow with my ebbed and flow with my natural energy levels. And so when I'm feeling good, I do more exercise. When I'm feeling a little bit down, I do a bit less exercise. And I just know that I'm that that's okay. I'm going to come back to doing it more yeah. when I'm feeling better. Um, yeah, that's yeah. so great. And and it's interesting that it took two years of progress, but slow before you just found that thing. Yeah. And that's important to remember too, because people get, people lose patience. You know, people are very frustrated with when they're still hyper-focused on that weight loss goal. And it sounds like for you, the secret was almost just giving that up. Yeah. Just forget (laughs) about that because the more you focus on it, the more fixated you become with it. And then it, yeah, it just takes the fun out of it. And as, as soon as something isn't fun, then you're just not going to do it every day. Right. And, and so, it, so by taking the fun out of it, it actually undermines your main goal. Yes. So yeah. when you realize that it's, it's such a, it's so hard when you're still on the other side, it's so hard for, to internalize this message, but I will tell you guys over and over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. What, when you're hyper-focused on the weight loss goal, it undermines your effort. And the one thing that goes straight out the window is your weight loss goal. And when you let that go as hard as it is and start to focus on how you feel and the things that are going to make you feel good and the behaviors that you can do regularly, that you're capable of, that you enjoy and that build your health, the results come. They They come with less effort. And I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear you share the story because I just say it over and over and over again, and I feel like people stop believing me. (laughs) But but it's great to hear. I can confirm. I am the laziest dieter and exerciser ever. Um, (laughs) I am not like yeah. I am really not. I I was always more of a sedentary person than a than a moving person. I I never like you say you did ballet and stuff, and then you kind of lost that exercise habit. I never did anything like I I played basketball once in school and I like strained my finger because somebody threw the ball at me and I'd lost attention. I'm like, <laughs> I was just so uncoordinated. I just totally gotten into this mindset that I was not like built for movement, when, which is the most ridiculous thing ever because our bodies are designed for movement. Um, so yeah, I can confirm as a very lazy dieter and lazy exerciser, it is totally possible to do it without really trying. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Sarah. And I hope that it inspires many people to keep trying and focusing on what matters. Thank you, Daria. It was really good to talk to you. Thanks for listening to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.